You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how's it going? Chris, big week for me. One of my best pick weeks last week. Feeling good. What's How can on? you get better than perfect? So there's this there's this um alternate universe thing. You know, I've been watching a lot of what if. And uh-huh. to get better than perfect, you can be perfect in multiverses. Sure. Or spoilers, uh the end for the end of Loki, which I finally saw. Oh yeah, good Life. job. I'm glad you saw it. <laughs> we can uh, all all kinds of good or bad things can come from the same person. All types and Offline, we can go super in-depth. You haven't done What If yet, have you? No, I've watched it all. Oh, great. Yeah, offline, we can definitely nerd out because things are cool right now in that universe. Yeah, I, I didn't have uh, I didn't have the same hang-ups. I was, you know, I was waiting on stuff to get set up at my house for Black Widow and Loki and uh, watched Loki and then um, watched What If, basically, while it was happening. Actually, the only one I haven't watched, and I don't want to go too far into this, but the only one I haven't watched is I couldn't get into the uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow one. Hawkeye and Black Widow or Hawkeye and... Oh, Hawkeye. No, Hawk- oh, yeah. I don't even know what that is. So Yeah, it was like the eighth or seventh or eighth one. I think I did I, skip I, that one. I think that was the one I'm like, okay, never mind. I started it, couldn't get into it. Dug the uh, dug the ending, looking forward to the, another season. The it ending was, fun. was cool. Yeah, the ending was the cool. Ending was Impressive. And Loki, Loki's ending was also very interesting. Very, very. We'll definitely um, have some time yeah. to nerd out. <sighs> Welcome to the Loki podcast. <laughs> Probably uh, lots going on in the NFL, like you said. Crazy, crazy week. Uh, week six already. I've got BavadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to take a look at all this week's lines, games, and all of that other good stuff. Uh, but I got to give you credit where credit is due, kind sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made a uh, prediction last week regarding a uh, particular college football program in the, uh, in the great state of Michigan <laughs> and, uh, it came true. It came true. It, if you've watched the team from snap one to snap the end mm-hmm. more than two weeks, you, we, you'd have known that that line was a typical Michigan state team line, quality, successful team line but not this team there's some difference makers and that there is a different feel and and zeal accompanied uh accompanying this this program right now and hopefully they can keep this uh and 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 keep churning out recruits and 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 using the portal but Rutgers stood no chance no chance no none whatsoever um i want to talk about a specific player on that team a player who i'm growing more and more infatuated with by the week and that is Kenneth Walker III. What do you think of him as a pro prospect? That's how I'm view- I'm, I'm trying to just put that lens on right now immediately. And the first thing I do usually is try to find a comparison, a pro comparison. It just helps me with yeah. my evaluation. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking body type wise a little bit, I mean, not as thick, but a little bit along the Maurice Jones-Drew line. Um, yeah. One, I mean, you're saying body type, of course, but yeah, there is one major difference between those two guys, and that is Walker. I think he has six catches. I'm sorry, he has ten catches in his college career. 
Right, right. So not as impactful in the pass game, but super athletic for his body type. Um, I want to keep saying sneakily fast, but Mm -hmm. not really anymore. He's just running by guys and is able to run side to side. I think he can catch. 94 yarder. Oh, that was just great. That was just great. I think he can catch. I've seen him have natural hands, so I don't know what it is. Maybe it's not feel for the pass game or just not being um, prioritized because of of Reed um, being Mm -hmm. kind of an outside backfield type of guy. But I think he, I mean, what is the grade now? A good running back, it gets a second round grade, I suppose. So So I think he he could creep into the top of the second. Yeah. His and I, I, you know, I try to avoid hyperbole when I can, but contact balance, like as on a top, the top tier of any running back mm-hmm. I've seen in a while. That perfectly said. Contact balance is what is the most impressive part of Walker Third. It's is that some of these plays are being made by him, and, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's impressive to see, especially in a Michigan State uniform. Yeah, I kept seeing the highlights, like long run, long run, long run. And then, you know, I, I hadn't watched a ton of Michigan State, and so I, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, man, I wonder I wonder how big he is. But yeah, 5'10", and so it's 5'9", 210 pounds. That guy is well-built for the position, and, uh, you know, definitely question marks. The question marks about pass pro, question marks mm-hmm. about the actual pass game. But an interesting player for sure, especially in an NFL that is so multi-running back oriented. Yeah, it favors running backs in terms of making rosters and finding use. It's just top end. I think if running mm-hmm. backs are, are okay for now not being the highest paid on your team anymore, which was just, you know, just that guard is passed with, except yeah. for your outliers. But being useful and being a guy that can say, all right, this is my guy that's going to do this. And he does it really well. You'll find a spot. Well, even the outliers. I mean, the McCaffrey's got a big deal, and he's not the high. I don't believe he's the highest paid Panther. Mm. Uh, Dak Dak is higher paid than Zeke. Mm-hmm. So I don't even. I I don't know. Who's like, the highest paid I, Panther? I, I'm gonna I, I, take a stab. I, I, I don't have I, to find it, but like, who would you think? I'm. Oh, I want to find it because oh. uh, Panther Seller Cap. Because that is really interesting. Um. I I don't know, and maybe I'm about to prove myself wrong here, but you know, are the days gone when the okay, Christian McCaffrey is third. Jeez, uh, six point eight million dollar cap number is this Cam year. Still <laughs> uh, probably, but I don't I don't have that on this part. You want to you want to take a shot at this? Who the I was I was racking Panthers? my brain. I'm racking my brain. Like, who's the franchise guy or who's the? I'll give you one. I'll give you one hint there for the two guys ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I'll actually give you two hints. Uh, one, I very much don't like one of them, and two, the other guy was uh, not on the field this past weekend. Oh my gosh, I am drawing a major blank. Perhaps my least favorite person as a human being in the NFL is one Robbie Anderson. He is, <laughs> he is the highest paid Carolina Panther at $8.8 million. Okay. Followed by defensive leader Shaq Thompson at $8 million. I was uh, I couldn't get his name, but yeah, that's that's really interesting that Robbie Anderson. I know he got that new deal. I didn't know it made him the guy in the locker room. That's terrifying. Uh, looking at the 2024 cap sheet, Christian McCaffrey is currently scheduled to be the highest paid Panther. Okay, but let's get back to regular life. 
Yeah, there are about uh, there's about 15 guys signed in 2024. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I I think those days are gone. Like, will we ever? I I mean, I guess there's always going to be a weird outlier where you know a running back hits off of that that rookie contract mm-hmm. at the same time as a young roster is developing, but right. It's hard for me to imagine, short of a perfectly aligned scenario, where a team would make a running back their highest paid player. I can't see it. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to think about. Well, even like you said, when I said outlier, I'm trying to think. I don't think. I don't. I don't believe it happens anymore. Who's going to be that guy? I mean, you got Dalvin Cook, who you love to have, is constantly out. Yeah. So you're not going to pay that guy. I'm well, even trying to think Dalvin in the college ranks. football landscape, who's a guy that you're like, I have to have, and I don't have one. Where Dalvin, oh my God, Dalvin ranks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth in terms of uh, cap number this year for the Minnesota Vikings. My goodness. Behind guys like Eric Kendricks, mm-hmm. Dalvin Tomlinson, Brian O'Neill. Yeah, well, who isn't? Who wouldn't pay Brian O'Neill? They just they gave him a absolute ton of money, and it kind of screwed us a little bit with Jordan Mailata, who mm-hmm. the, the Eagles resigned shortly thereafter. Um, but yeah, O'Neal got a huge deal. He is he's making way too much money, and I don't know. That's just a case of like very ordinary player. Um, let's get cap number on the Dallas Cowboys. Where do you think Zeke ranks for twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty one, he's got to be two. What if I told you he was five? My goodness. I don't think that Dak extension has taken effect yet, which Got is it. the uh Got it. which is the big reason. Amari Cooper number one at twenty-two million dollars. That was great uh, for him. I'm happy for him, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh I remember when we were talking about him being just a gigantic bust we in Oakland close. when he couldn't catch the ball. We were close. Uh Dak at 17.2, Zach Martin 9.9, Tyron Smith 7.3, and Zeke finally at 6.8. But look, we can't sit here and talk about running back contracts too long because all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one of the craziest stories in the NFL in quite some time has come to bear, and that's the John Gruden situation. Gruden resigns, but let's not pretend like it was his choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did think it was interesting. As soon as that happened, I went over to Bavada and I looked at the uh, expected over-under in terms of the win total for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Didn't really seem like it was changing. So I don't know if that <laughs> speaks to the uh, general thought of uh, of Gruden around the world, or especially around sports books. but didn't seem like it mattered too much. What was your initial take when you heard this Gruden news? It was, uh, the right word, shocking, appalling... Mm-hmm. disgusting i didn't and i can't use this i use disgusting loosely based on just the context i didn't dive right into the content and try to find specifics one just because fatigue yeah, right like off. who cares at this point like if 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 it's deemed you know i don't want to go in there and try to weigh was it was it worth it was it yeah. what did he get the appropriate you know it, it wasn't it wasn't that for me it was that why did this happen now and mm-hmm. two, Gruden, like you, <laughs> it would have been much cooler if you di- you didn't fulfill what what could have been. You know, like mm-hmm. we you, we thought you had this tool and this angle, but like maybe there's this like this great guy about you, and that's why you're able to get away with this. And to to just firm it up with 
yeah. every poor way of thinking as a human being just it sucks. And I get why Randy cried because you know as far as his his um and, and I'm referring to Randy Moss crying on, on, on national television about mm -hmm. it, it's like yeah, sure, his personal upbringing, but also like this is nuts. Like, jeez, mm -hmm. John, this is this is a we're supposed this is beneath not beneath him, but like we're this is terrible. This is terrible. And the other thing that's just crazy about all of this is the hubris that goes into using your work email to send this stuff. And not only him, and we can talk about the the inequity of punishments. And let's again, I know John Gruden wasn't fired. He didn't have his contract terminated. He resigned. But this is a punishment. He had to resign or there were going to be actions taken against him. The inequity of punishment between Gruden and the Washington football team, because first of all, it is not a good look when one of your closest friends is Bruce Allen. No. Just not a good look. But there's nothing like the stuff that, that has been going on with that Washington team and, you know, including up to and including the, the treatment of the cheerleaders, which is just inhuman, quite frankly, hmm. it, it's there, it, you know, they're not a slap on the wrist. Isn't even a fair description of what their punishment was. It's not, it's not at all. And it seems like the, the football team is, is skating by. With with John Gruden getting the brunt of of this, and now Adam Schefter getting some trickle down, and then yeah, that that's an interesting one too. It's so weird. But Washington, like Teflon, and if we're talking about what what, what is worth versus what we know, just mm -hmm. what we know. There's more, I'm sure, but just what we know. You're getting by. You're 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 getting through on this one. I don't I, I, I don't like it. I hate it actually. Yeah, I mean, John, well, look, John Gruden's about to be erased from football. He mm -hmm. is taken out of the Buccaneers Ring of Honor. He will, you know, for a guy who was arguably the broadcaster for a period of time, he will never get another broadcasting job. He will never get another NFL job. And whether or not it's fair because we just happen to catch him when other people are likely doing and saying similar things, which is a sad testament to our our. Uh, world as it is right now mm -hmm. notwithstanding like this guy's just done there he's over football he's gonna forfeit 65 million dollars or something along those lines mm -hmm. and he will never ever work in the sport again now i guess the one thing is that there is a certain subsection of this country that would really seem to enjoy a unfiltered john gruden blog <laughs> but that, but that probably doesn't speak well for anybody yeah no uh <laughs> Oh, I think that that does tickle me. Like I would maybe even like send me the send me the transcription, send me the send me the funniest article you can find that he writes. But it's just he his erasure is gonna be on on the backs of so many other people that he's already kind of made feel small, anyways. Mm -hmm. But he also will be you know taking the brunt of folks that we don't even know. Or have have said what they said or done what they done they've done. So he's just gonna have to be that person that takes takes the hit. So his erasure erasure will be worthy of that. I think it's you got caught, man, and, and it was a bad one. It was a bad one, worse than we could imagine. What do you think? Was there a conversation between John Gruden and Carl Nassib? No, 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 no. And the thing you don't about think John it, though, had the stones for that one. It's not that. It's not that. I was just about to say John Gruden seems like the type that would like look for Carl and say, "Look, Carl, you know, 
and, and really know. try to try to try to rectify this maybe even know, in his man. own mind the I stuff think that, that he said about jeff fisher and michael sam does not make me think that he's going to go seek out carl nassib i think it connects to like you said the hubris of sending it from your work email i think mm-hmm. he thinks that he can just john gruden his way to a conversation and say look no big deal right like come on you know me or some charles barkley syndrome yeah so i just think that it was just get let's let's just leave the facility like Mm. just just leave let's let's not make this any more than it has to be and let's just move on and i think that there was just not an option yeah pack your shit don't address the team security will see you out see have a day have a day or two yeah enjoy uh enjoy what's coming down the road here yeah I want to talk about another head coach, uh, very opposite of what we were just talking about. And that is uh, your Detroit Lions head coach, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell got very emotional after the the team's loss this past weekend, crying during the press conference. Uh, I was just curious, and I've, and I've been looking forward to talking to you about this and getting your perspective as a former player. Mm-hmm. If, if your coach were crying in after a game and on a press conference, does that come off well, or does that come off as weak to the players? <laughs> um, the way it went down, there's two ways. There's two ways I have to answer this in general. You're leaning towards off putting mm-hmm. until you see it. If you hear, like if you heard that, like your coach is crying at the, at the press conference, mm-hmm. you're going to be like, Oh my God. Like you really would because loose 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 wires mm. football players loose loose wires if you're not even on some manhood stuff like if you're crying you've probably it's it's one of the loose screws and it, it, who knows why you're actually crying but the way he handled it and the way it kind of developed and it wasn't like bawling and it didn't right. come with like crazy sound bites it wasn't there wasn't hysteria he was a player at that in that moment you know, he 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 took himself to, back to his playing days. It felt like to say, it, the 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 really important part was when you've laid it all out on the line, and you thought you've won, right. and you thought you you earned it based on like your effort. Your effort is what finally did it. The thing we're preaching and coaching, and then you still lose it. That hurts for the guy. You don't wish that on the guys. And that message, along with you know the 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 puffy eyes mm-hmm. that that's gone that's that's impactful that's positive so i know from from a player standpoint they're like damn coach you know what i'm saying like everybody walked up to him like damn coach you know we got you it, it was still mm-hmm. was bravado manhood you know lovingness you know, right. it wasn't straight out but i know that they went and supported him yeah that that was what my guess was and how that was going to be taken in that locker room because you know, this wasn't Dan Campbell upset about, oh, I have a career 0-5 record. This is Dan Campbell heartbroken that his guys didn't get to feel victory on that day. Exactly. And, you know, we t- we were texting back and forth and I, you know, prematurely sent a very, very happy emoji mm-hmm. to you. And I'm like, oh, this, this 31 seconds, I, did, I, I let the score <laughs> get away from me. I'm like, oh, no, it's still only a field goal game. And, you know, after the first the first completion, I'm like, oh, they're, they're going to lose. And I, it just was like, what is this loss going to do? That's where, where my mind went. Like, what is this loss going to do? Because without the, the comeback, without the actual taking the lead, I'm happy with the, the fight. I'm happy with the fumble, to be totally honest. I'm happy with the effort to create the fumble mm-hmm. and all that. So 
you take the lead and now you've reached a new plateau of of feelings for the game that you wouldn't have had if you never took the lead and maybe you still take that moral victory away and now you know it just felt different like damn now you really just got to feel like you lost yeah like it's impossible the world is stacked against you this is mm-hmm. just not meant mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. but it also <laughs> seems like anytime any team gives another team an opportunity to come back and win a game with a game time you know game time game winning field goal even if they only have 35 40 seconds seems like a guarantee that that team's going to make that field goal this year it's looking that way and i'm trying to peep the trend chris i'm trying to see what is the thing that's happening and risk taking defensively and 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 keep in mind that the Lions are as vanilla as it gets defensively for for right calls. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing that that happens a lot. And, and we've seen prevent defense, and then we, we the adage prevent defense prevents you from when the game yeah. came about. And then it kind of went away because there was an overtime issue, and you, you, now it became unfair. And then now you're back to this thing where you're like, what? don't get too caught up. In, in trying to make the play, it seems like defensively. And I don't know if it's it's rules. I don't know if it is. I'm, I'm not sure what's happening, but there's a lot of backing off and the, the kickers are making them. So I don't know what's going on, even yeah. in Green Bay. It's uh, it's insane. And uh, as was this past weekend, I I was sure that, you know, we were talking about how we were going to be competing for you know the worst record in the league. And the, the Lions somehow managed to to lose that game when they should have won and the Eagles somehow managed to win a game they probably should have lost. So any given Sunday in the NFL, I guess. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great movie for the truth in that statement alone. <laughs> Not a great movie for any other reason other than <laughs> the sheer absurdity it. of it. I know you Can I tell you something exciting about movies, Mario Eyes? Tell me. I uh, I made a mistake some time ago uh, when I realized that I did not own uh, a little... Anthony Mackie vehicle called Eight Mile, and uh, mm-hmm. picked it up in my order today. You're doing the right thing in life, and this is what I mean. Everyone, Chris makes a lot of terrible mistakes, mm-hmm. a lot of terrible choices, most and decisions of them. in life. But the redemption, the redemption to make decisions like getting Eight Mile when it's time to, when you're made aware, this is why you can trust Chris. Yeah, a lot of people would say my only redemptive quality, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Let's let's talk about this weekend in the National Football League, especially after you went out and pointed out how well you did last weekend. People should be paying all that much more attention to this weekend's picks. Starting Thursday night, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, and Bavada has the Eagles plus seven. Well, this week you'll get exactly what you want mm-hmm. <laughs> or what you expect or what we expected. The Bucks on another level, on another level. And I mean, Antonio Brown now looks sane for the most part. They won't have Gronk again, and they've adjusted. So scary stuff. Going with the Bucks here. Best team in the NFC, actually. Don't care what happened in that Rams game. Give me the Bucks. Man, I just feel so bad for the people of people of London. The Miami Dolphins <laughs> travel to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for the second weekend in a row. They, uh, they'll be hosting an NFL game. This time, the Dolphins taking on the Jaguars. Bavada has the Jaguars plus three at Tottenham. I don't know how to call it. Uh, 
recency bias will say the Dolphins and the Jags are even. Mm-hmm. They aren't. <laughs> the Dolphins just played the Bucks. So give me the Dolphins here as we're now starting to figure out who's next on the, you know, the coach's bingo card. And because we got the the, the crazy, you know, Gruden thing, mm-hmm. now we're back to focusing in on Urban Meyer. And, and we'll add to that that uh that confirmation or that credence that he's next this week with a Dolphins win. Well, I think no analysis needed. No, I think this Gruden thing is the best thing that could have happened for Urban Meyer because uh, it took the attention off him for a little brief moment. Yeah, just 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 was dancing a little bit. Not so bad. Not so bad, is it? <laughs> Not so bad at all. But man, we really owe the uh, the fine people of London a couple of good games next year. I feel so bad, and and hopefully with another year of the pandemic progressing, hopefully in in the right way, that Mm -hmm. we do honor our international fanhood, fanship with quality football. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, This this game might not be quality football here either. The Cincinnati Bengals, and I'm sorry, traveled to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Bavada has the Lions. This is a weird line. Plus three and a half. So the thing we're doing well, when I say we, I mean the Lions. The thing that the Lions are doing well is playing through the whistle. Super cliche, but he's got them to do it. Mm -hmm. Playing through all four quarters. Getting them to do it. Minimizing um, big mistakes. They're they're not minimizing small mistakes. And these mistakes are talent-based. I say that to say that that's why you get a line like plus three. And maybe we don't know what's going on with Joseph Burrow. Yeah. But the Bengals are what I believe the Packers were in the early Aaron Rodgers stage. Hmm. I'm like, this is exciting. At any given time, it's it's elite football. And um, the Lions can't compete with, at any given time, elite football. They don't have the playmakers. Jamar Chase continues to make one play a game that's like, oh, you're next up. Right. And we're going to put you into the, the top eight, top six category, probably prematurely, but also exciting. Give me the Bengals here to uh, actually uh, put a hurting on the Lions. I think this is, will be one of those one of those weeks for Detroit where it's like feels like feels like last year's Detroit, not this year. Yeah, it's funny how little the preseason ends up mattering. We were all worried about Jamar Chase's inability to catch the football, and now he is uh, the single most electric wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> He is catching the football, if nothing else. <laughs> Burrow, uh, Burrow is on voice rest, by the way. He was not allowed to speak to the media after the throat contusion, but the expectation is he will be the starting quarterback for the Bengals this weekend. So, yeah, I think I might uh, I might hop on that Bengals plus uh, minus three and a half and uh, yeah. consider that found money. You should. You should. The Green Bay Packers head to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears, and Bavada has the Bears plus four and a half. Yeah, I need the Bears to get their damn comeuppance. And this is the week. I don't know what was going on with Mason Crosby, Weird. but it won't come down to Mason Crosby this week. Devontae Adams is playing lights out. Big payday ahead. Good for you, young man. The Aaron Rodgers tour continuing to light up and playing the greatest hits. And Randall Cobb, again, man, is being a, a veteran that they need. Not so much having to rely on the run game. The secondary is looking better. The the Bears don't have it for this game. I mean, inner division rivalry, you never know. But give me the Packers here to to definitively, definitively win by the fourth quarter. 
I really thought you were going to pull out some Dark Knight there and say that Randall Cobb was the wide receiver they needed, not the wide receiver they deserved. <laughs> I just watched that, by the way. Everybody should be watching that frequently. It's uh, it's an outstanding. We're we're gearing up to potentially start our Marvel rewatch all over again. But Ooh, yeah. uh, Randall Cobb, eleven catches through uh, through five games, but it just seems like he's making timely catches week in week out. That's the thing. You're being the veteran that uh, Aaron Rodgers. Is gonna need because Devonte Adams is gonna get uh, bracketed. He's gonna get yo-yoed in the second half every game if any team has the ability to do that. Yeah, I'll tell you, you, I do agree with the parallel between the, the uh, Bengals and the early uh, pan, the early Packers teams. The one differentiator I would say is that man, the the Packers never had a wide receiver core that could genuinely be considered the best in football. There it is. And that's where the ascension might come from is because across the board, your top three guys are, are can be guys, not the guy, but can yeah. be guys. And the Packers never had that. Although I guess, I guess Tampa Bay is making a real argument that they, their wide receiver core is currently the best in the game. Yeah. It's, I know. it's, it's unfair it's, it's a, with it Antonio is. Brown. Good again. <laughs> I, re- I love it. I'm sorry because I love the way he plays the game. I am so happy. He's good again. Well, I just need him as long as he shuts up and plays football. And I'm not talking about LeBron James esque shut up and dribble. I just don't want him to be an idiot. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a different. Such a talented guy. Just, just play the game, man. Let's just be fun to watch every week, and you know, don't do the dumb shit off the field. He's he's keeping his uh his his hands in his pockets for the most part this year, and I think it stays along that way. There's just nothing for him to do at this point. Like, you've done every stupid thing in your Challenge career. accepted. Oh, my God, no, right? <laughs> He's robbing a bank somewhere. <laughs> like, almost yeah. certainly. Um, well, that would be... Watching him rob a bank would be way more interesting than watching this next game. The uh, Houston Texans traveled to Indianapolis to take on Carson Wentz and those Indianapolis Colts. Bavada has the Colts minus 10. Yeah, more more Colts. I mean, more Ravens than Colts than what you saw on Monday night. Yeah. Even though very impressed at the Colts raising their level of play uh, during that game, you can see them do the exact same thing with the Texans as far as lowering their level of play. Uh, so I'm actually gonna go Texans against the line, but the Colts will win. Yeah, the Colts team looks uh, well. Maybe not the Colts team, but Carson looks very good. T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton just activated that they they activated the 21 day practice window. So, you know, we could see him back in the next week or so. And that'll that'll give them another option on offense. We'll see. I hope they keep uh, I hope they keep losing. And I hope the uh, the Carson keeps playing great because the Eagles, cur- the Eagles currently pick five, six and ten in the draft. And that would work for me. That would be a, that would be a, a very nice. I might be an Eagles fan next year if, if you all handle those draft picks. Well, we won't, so you have nothing to worry about. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Washington to take on the Washington football team. I don't know if we can draft Danny Watkins and Derek Barnett again, but we'll give it a shot. <laughs> Bavada has the Washington football team plus seven at home. The Chiefs are starting to scare me, man. They're scaring me because the mystique is gone. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they, they've forgotten. They've forgotten that you need it. And um, it's changing the way the offense is playing. It's, it's having a major impact. Luckily, this week they get to make mistakes and still win. They can't make grave mistakes, mm-hmm. but I don't think they will. Uh, good to see uh, Josh Gordon make a couple plays last week. I think they get him more involved. 
give me the Chiefs here to win outright uh, against, against Washington. Yeah, one catch on one target, 11 yards for Josh Gordon. It's uh, he really he really is the X factor. Although you know, Michael Hardman had one of the best statistical games in terms of number of catches of his career. Had nine catches for. Only 76 yards, which is not what you expect out of him, but mm-hmm. getting nine catches out of Hardman is a big step in the right direction. So if Josh Gordon can be, I don't know, 50% of what he was in, in that 1,600-yard season, this offense is going to figure things out real quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's just a, a tension right now in the in the entire organization, in the, on the entire team. And if offensively they can just feel good and feel invincible again, then they can probably take a little bit more risks on the defense. And they just got to find a way to cover up Sorensen. He's playing with a swag mm-hmm. and, and a riskiness that he can't match talent-wise. And yeah. it's, it's really starting to burn him. So. That's what we call the Andrewson Deho factor. <laughs> well said. Man, it's anytime I see Andrew Sindejo, I just feel bad for that fan base as, as someone who had to endure that for a year. Um, I think the biggest problem in Kansas City, you're, and I know this is a bit of a, a byproduct of how the game played out, but you can't have 15 carries for 59 yards be your entire entire running game. No, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And and who knows it better? Andy Reid knows that. Who no, he doesn't. That? No, he doesn't. <laughs> I can assure you he doesn't. They they ran oh my goodness. They I I know what's going on in Philadelphia with Nick Sirianni right now is is insane, but it, it really does harken back to the Andy Reid days when they would wow oh man, it felt like they threw 85% of the time. It feels like that, and sometimes they did. But Andy knows the importance of the run game. He knows it and he's got to get it back on track. And also, Patrick, Mr. Mahomes also has to reel it in a bit as well. Well, he was their leading rusher last week. No, not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. Have your half billion dollar quarterback being your leading half rusher. Probably uh, want to avoid that whenever possible. But, you know, I'm not an NFL head coach. The yes. This is the game of the week for me. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers head to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Bavada has the Ravens minus three at home. This is a hard one. This is a hard one. I've been staring at this game all day long. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out who am I going to pick? Who, who do I actually believe? And the Ravens have a certain brand of football right now that is going to be good come playoff time if they can, you know, hone in on some of this stuff. But they're locking in on their run game. You know, Lamar's more efficient, still leaves some things to be desired, but more efficient. Mm-hmm. But big but is that the Chargers can just score <laughs> flat out. Yeah. And that's gonna that's gonna put a dent into what the Ravens want to do. So for this week, give me the charge. I um, I so so we were watching that that Browns Chargers game, and for like the last quarter and a half, my, my dog had to go to the bathroom, and I had him sitting on my lap. And as soon as that um, Austin Eckler got that first down at the end, I, I went outside. I said, you know, sorry to Alexa, the Browns were probably losing. And uh, went to take the dogs out. On the next play was that play where the Browns pushed Austin Eckler into the end zone. And first of all, absolutely genius football play. But I still have not seen the highlight. And I have had you ever seen an opposing team push a player into an end zone before? No. That was so unique and so interesting. And for it to even backfire makes it even better. But 
It never, never. That's 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 Canton worthy of once in a lifetime place. Yeah. Well, the Minnesota Vikings travel to Carolina to take on the Panthers. <laughs> Nobody really cares. Panthers plus nope. one at Pavada. Nope. The Vikings stink, man. And mm. and and I say this having watched them in depth this past weekend. You know what stinks the most about them? They don't care how good their their young wide receiver is. They don't care at all. And if Dalvin Cook's not playing, they will likely lose unless the other team makes more mistakes. Not going to happen this week. The Panthers, one thing they do, they'll stay steady. They'll stay within themselves. And whatever happens, happens in that regard. Uh, and that's a win for them this week. So give them the Panthers. Interesting game here that uh, ultimately is going to be impacted heavily by who's in the lineup for either team. The Arizona Cardinals head to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Bavada has the Browns minus three. But like I said, injuries are the factor here. It looks like Chandler Jones tested positive for COVID. He's going to be out this weekend. All pro center Rodney Hudson will be out this weekend. For Cleveland, half the team was either limited or out of practice today, including Jadavian Clowney, players like that. What do you what, what do we expect from this? I don't know. You 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 pull your, your broom out and you start sweeping the mess, and what do you have left is what you have to 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 use to understand this game. And it's what are the Browns gonna do when they're hiccuping? Uh, are they going to st- start to panic or are they going to continue to try to run the ball mm-hmm. and maintain that dominance? I hope, and this is this is biased hope, that they, they do try to maintain uh, possession of the ball by running using their f- fantastic running back core. I don't think they do this, though. I don't think they successfully stay down. And I think the Cardinals win again and they still, they still remain undefeated. Are we worried about Kyler? Because... There are some rumblings that maybe that shoulder is banged up, and that's why he looked as bad as he did last weekend, including just an inexcusable miss of a wide-open New Hopkins in the end zone. If you know, if if he is not right, that team is very, very different. All dependent on Kyler. I'm not buying it holistically in the sense that it's going to be ongoing. I do think he had issues with it last week, and it may linger a little into this week, but I don't think it's something to worry about. All right. The Dallas Cowboys head to New England to take on the New England Patriots. And Bavada has the Patriots plus four at home. Chris, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. And it's a very simple reason. The Cowboys are good. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm they are. so mad. <laughs> like, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to find the thing that's going to make them the Cowboys as we know them. It's not there. Nah. So much so that they let Jalen Smith go. In a right move. Yeah, that was weird. That was a, Jalen Jalen Smith and who who was the the other guy that got that got moved? The Packers Packers traded for Smith. Oh, Stephon yeah. Gilmore going to the Panthers. Yes, yes, that was also very strange, very very strange. The Cowboys right now are the NFL's most complete team. I have to go that far. Wow, now, big they're not words. the best team, but they're the most complete in and out. They don't have a gaping hole anywhere. And that does not bode well for the Pats because turnovers are, are what the Patriots cannot overcome mm-hmm. at this stage and in, in, in where they are. And turnovers, the Cowboys will get. And they're going to score off those turnovers because Dak, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, looks the part. He looks absolutely the part. Give me the Cowboys here to embarrass the Patriots. And Cowboys Nation is going to be loud after week six. Put that was down. 
That was a very uh, Yoda-y thing to say, turnovers the Cowboys will get. <laughs> I'm actually, I just saw a Baby Yoda t-shirt. Rue was wearing it, so that's why yes. it's imprinted. I saw it face. because my child was wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's imprinted. It's imprinted. Uh, did you watch The Mandalorian? No. I, did, I have no interest at all in Star Wars, but I like The Mandalorian. 100%. So, the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders... Uh, I don't know, they haven't really made any news this week. They traveled to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. And Bavada has the Broncos minus three and a half. Yeah, if if the Broncos are not in shambles, then they knew their head coach was a, a an asshole. Uh, deeper than just a coaching asshole. So mm-hmm. if they win this game, everyone had an idea how terrible John Gruden was. I'm hoping that they weren't compartmentalizing. I'm going to say that it's going to be an adjustment week. So give me the Broncos as uh, Teddy starts to, to reclaim his health. So it's going to be something along the lines of uh, the the just stark change in the entire team's attitude when Oklahoma benched Spencer Rattler for Caleb Thompson this past weekend. And you you could literally see the team's morale improving. <laughs> that, oh man. first of all, good call out because that's one of the things in college football I'm like, this thank you. This weird thing that's going on with Spencer Rattler, I'm glad is, is the weird is, thing is he's not good. That's and I've been thing. saying this forever. You have. I do have to give you credit. You are on record many times saying I don't get the Spencer Rattler hype, and now we're here. Yeah, like he is, he must be the most unlikable. He is. Uh, he is whoever that that quarterback was in draft day. Nobody went to his birthday party. <laughs> like. He's, he has to be the most unlikable starting quarterback in college football because the attitude change of Oklahoma, it, it was palpable. It was. Like they it they was. went from like dejected to enthusiastic when the change was made. And uh, I, I'm hoping that I'm why well, I'm thinking that a lot of those guys wish that it was like a John Gruden situation where they're just like, hey, Spencer, get your shit and get out of here. Don't yes. bother going back to the locker room. Don't worry about coming back to school this semester. You can go. Yes. Yes. And you're, you're right. That's it's, it's, it was so noticeable. It was so in your face and thank and shout out to the 17 other people that hopefully are listening. That saw draft day. What a great reference. Damn shots fired. Shots yeah. fired at the Kevin Costner vehicle. Um, and a poster I have in my basement, but uh, it was not my favorite movie. Stop it. I, that, the, yeah, we, we have, I think we have 11 posters, movie posters in our basement. And one of the fun games we always like to play when anybody's here is uh, for them to try and figure out who picked each of those posters. Oh, I cannot wait. So, um, yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a heads up that draft day was not me. <laughs> the, we did, we saw that and I'm sure I've said it a million times, but it's worth repeating. We went to see that, uh, my, uh, my wonderful fiance and I went to see that on opening night and we were the only people in the theater. Rightfully so. Oh, what is? I mean, I mean, how romantic! You you rented out the theater. Yes, that is what <laughs> happened entirely. It, like it's the only. I was just walking around during the movie. It was a it was a weird experience. Um, the Seattle Seahawks. And no segue here. The Seattle Seahawks go to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers minus one Juju Smith Schuster. Bavada has the Steelers minus five at home. Aberration, Bavada. Aberration is what you saw last week in Pittsburgh. The long ball's not back. Mm-hmm. Don't believe the hype. Sleepwalking. There was sleepwalking going on. Okay, don't even worry. 
The Seahawks have to have this game. It is 1,000% a must. Uh, so give me the Seahawks here to do what they have to do, as well as the Steelers coming back to a uh, sea level. So you're buying Geno Smith's competence? Uh, I think it's 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 time. It's time. No, it's really just that the Steelers can't score like huh. that. <laughs> they can't. So the Seahawks have other pieces. I mean, I think you're able to scheme uh, guys like Aaron Lockett and DK Metcalf. Open Tyler Lockett, but yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, Tyler Lockett. I'm sorry. For a week mm-hmm. um, against a team that's susceptible to that very thing. So if as long as the Steelers aren't scoring, the Seahawks have a, ch- have a chance. And I can't, I can't believe right now that the shot that Aaron, uh, that Ben Roethlisberger took is going to work for two weeks in a row. So give me, give me the Seahawks. Yeah, Tyler, uh, Aaron Lockett, by the way, that's an interesting name, oh is somehow 43 years old. And, <laughs> wow, he, that makes me feel... He was one feel... of the few players I was bigger than in high school. So <laughs> that's why I'm endeared to him. Yeah, it's a little seventh round pick out of Kansas State back in the day. Uh, all right, our final game of the weekend, Monday Night Football. Ah, I want to say it's a good game, but let's not get ourselves. The, it might not be. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills travel to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans, and Bavada has the Titans plus six at home. No, the Titans show up here. The Titans show up here, but they're just not good. They're not as good as they were last year, and the Bills are much better than they were. I'm impressed by what's happening with them. The belief they have uh, in in the key components of their 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 locker room, defensively they play inspired. They they don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, and and the thing the forced errors that they they made last week, um, you have to you know grain of salt for for the generational talent that they they were playing against. I like the Bills here, even with the Titans showing up. So give me the Bills. All right, I'm assuming. Another perfect weekend here, which is heartbreaking yeah. for some of the picks that were made in terms of our particular organizations. But uh, it is what it is. You've got you've got his picks now. It's up to you to put the money down. Put your money where Mario's mouth is, and uh, and win yourself. For sure, there's poop on everything. Poop and cocaine on every every dollar <laughs> bill out there. So. Yes, yeah, sanitize the money. Actually, don't you know, don't put the money in your mouth. Just just wager it. And okay. I think I think we're all safer that way. That's it for this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show, mercifully, after that last piece of uh, conversation. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Forwardell. Thanks for listening. We will 